Hey guys. Oh my god. I love listening to that. Seriously. Alex uh, has done a really good job doing our music, and I could not ask for a better team around me. Alex, Allison, Jennifer. Uh, it's amazing. And also, what is amazing is how much you guys have been so supportive of this podcast. Uh, all the likes and the shares, uh, they, I swear to God, they do not go unnoticed. Uh, it it truly fills my heart with so much joy to um, to get such positive stuff from you guys. So uh, if you guys wouldn't mind, if you have a spare moment, please uh, find us on iTunes and like us and review us. It sincerely helps. I would like to eventually have people pay uh, to be uh, advertisers on this podcast. That's the dream, really, for all podcasts. Uh, so if you guys do that, I can have some quantifiable data to be like, hey, these people like this thing. Uh, I'm sure I've got this big group of people listening to this. Uh, Squarespace, would you like to sponsor the podcast? Just saying. Uh, you guys can find us on Google Play, iTunes, Stitcher. We're going to be on SoundCloud once this uh, drops, I was just told that Spotify, however, is like a really cool club uh, that I'll never get into. Um, so that's kind of sad. Uh, anyway, let's go ahead and get to our guest today. Enough monkeying around. People want to hear what they want to hear. Angela Horn. She is an incredibly kind, uh, gregarious, lovely person. I loved having her on the pod. Uh, so... Please uh, feel free to just sit back, do whatever you're doing. I don't know, when you're doing the dishes, this is going to be nice. This is going to be a good one. Uh, all right, here we go. My conversation with the lovely Angela Horn. Angela, how are you doing today? Oh, just peachy. How are you? <laughs> good. Thank you very much. Uh, you just scarfed down some uh, some chicken shawarma. I did. All right? It was a delight. Oh, my God. I love that pl- the Middle Eastern Bakery mm-hmm. over in Andersonville. Mm-hmm. Those hand uh, those those hand pies are so good. Yeah. Yes, they never fail me. It's so good there. Mm. Yeah. So uh, you've been in Chicago for. I just celebrated my fourth Chicago anniversary in September. Chicago anniversary. Mm-hmm. Nice. And uh, w- where are you from? I am originally from the Dallas Fort Worth area in Texas. Awesome. And uh, you mm-hmm. went to UT Arlington. Is that correct? I did. I went to UT Arlington. Skirted over to the UK for a bit. Um, and then came back and, and graduated there at UT Arlington. Okay. And when you were in the UK, talk about your time there. Sure. You did some pretty big stuff there. Yeah. So I ended up uh, studying abroad at the University of Leicester, mm-hmm. and I studied uh, Shakespeare and film studies there. And then through just like awesome happenstance, I ended up getting a job as the general manager of mm. the Finborough Theater, which is a uh, thriving off-West End theater, about 50 seats, um, above a pub there, and I was working at that theater, mm. living the life um, <laughs> in the UK for a while before coming on back to the States to finish my degree. Nice. And how long did you were you in uh, Leicester for? Were you at Leicester? I was at Leicester for the year. For yeah. the year. And I had a really great relationship with the owner, Neil McPherson, of uh, the theater, who's the owner and artistic director, founder of the theater, and we worked really closely to put up um, a really great season. Nice. It was wonderful. And I had great interns working, very hardworking interns working underneath me. And How old were you at the time? I was 20. <laughs> <laughs> You're 20 and you had interns like, working underneath I you? Did, I did. You're know. at the <laughs> age where you should be an intern. That's ridiculous. It's kind of bizarre when I think back on it, just yeah. how everything 
had just how everything kind of lined up and how, yeah, I had so much, I was in charge of so much at such a young age, but I think it really set me up for a lot of what I'm doing now. Yeah. yeah. Weirdly when I'm not mm -hmm. acting, mm -hmm. um, cause I've really like been able to get into, um, some more theater administration stuff mm. to just kind of broaden my base of skills in the arts. Yeah. Were you, at any point, did you think that anybody was judging you based on your age? Oh yeah. And Oh, definitely. Um, and also for the fact that I was an American, mm -hmm. uh, there were just some, you know, you always have your mix yeah. of theater goers. Yeah. And so there were some like older sets of folks who um, didn't like, I, I don't know. I just felt that I was kind of judged that I was this like young American girl. What is she doing here? Yeah. Trying to, you know, trying to make this theater thing work. Yeah. There's a thing where like, in my mind, British people, uh, if they were to come over to the States and do theater, we would welcome them with open, with open arms and be like, yes, please. But it doesn't feel like that's a, a reciprocal relationship for Americans. to. It doesn't feel like you can go and be an, uh, an actor in uh, the UK. Yeah, it's not, it's certainly not as common or probably not as like, we we have people here who are from other countries and we're just kind of like mystified by them, right? Yeah, yeah, You yeah. know, we're like, oh, <laughs> you sound European or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I, I don't know if that translates to the other side. No, especially yeah. not today. Uh, that's interesting. Yeah. So can you talk about that bizarre experience, like winding up being uh, in that position? Sure. Well, I, uh, I was there and I... I actually did start for a few weeks as an intern myself there. And then... Rightly uh, so, as a 20-year-old. As a 20-year-old, <laughs> correct. I was an intern. And then it was truly just happenstance. The general man There were two general managers at the time. Mm -hmm. They both ended up moving on to other um, opportunities. Mm -hmm. And there was an opening. And I just said... I kind of went to Neil and I was like, I would like to do this. And he gave me the shot. Really? It yeah. was an opportunity, yeah. It was basically an opportunity that I was able to work out. Uh, <laughs> 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 I know, it's, it's really... That really like, doesn't sound like just, that bizarre of an experience. <laughs> I'm sure bizarre to you, like, in the moment, but that seems like, yeah, yeah, that's the way things work, Yeah, in a way. I, I just, didn't mean to poo-poo your story no, just no, now. No, 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 no. I just, it was, uh, it was one of those shift of paths. You know, you think you're, you're starting in, yeah. you start something, and then a door opens and you find yourself walking through it. We're talking about lily pads? Yeah. And then we're talking about houses? Yes. Okay. Keep the metaphor straight, man. Where, I don't know what to do here. here. Where do lily pads come <laughs> from? Wait a minute. <laughs> okay, so you're done with the University of Leicester. You get a job in the West End and then you say, I need to go back home. What, mm -hmm. you wanted to finish your degree? Is that what you wanted to do? Yeah, so I needed to finish um, that degree and, you know, start my life in the States. Okay. Ta-da! So, <laughs> um, yes. So I came back to the States, uh, finished up my degree, um, and then I'd say within a year, I think less than a year of me mm -hmm. finish, finishing my degree, I got this amazing opportunity to um, be cast in a national tour. Whoa. Yes. That's so. not something everybody can say. I know. That's pretty cool. I know. It Where, was... Where'd you tour through? It was with Dallas Children's Theater. Okay. It was a coast-to-coast -coast and Alaska tour 
of the true story of the three little pigs. The true story of the, the three little pigs? The true story of the three little pigs, <laughs> not the false one. Yeah, okay. so it was, um, I was a song and dance pig. I played Lil McGill, the narrator of the story, who was also the reporter who was uh-huh. trying to get to the bottom of things. So it was based off of, if you remember the book, The True Story of the Three Little Pigs, by the same guy who wrote The Stinky Cheese Man. Yeah. It was I th- a string of books that came out when we were young. When we were in like an elementary school, and the yeah. illustration was very distinct. It was. Yeah, okay, I think Kinda I remember dark. what you were saying. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Um, and it sort of <clears throat> empathized with the wolf. Yes, it was kind of taking the wolf's side and and what he had to say about the story. So from that book, uh, a, an entire, a full-length children's musical was created from that book. So a lot of um, creative license was taken mm-hmm. to fill out the entire story. And uh, yeah, so I did that. I think, I truly think the whole process was like 13, 14 months and coast to coast and wow. Alaska reached about half a million people. Yeah. It was... It was a lot. Yeah, and you're um you know, you're you're getting paid. You're yeah. you're fresh out of school. Mm-hmm. You just got done uh hanging out in, in London and Yeah, that's all. <laughs> <laughs> so then I just hanging in London, hanging. not really doing anything. Yeah. The first couple of years outside of school were really quite dynamic for me. I mean, I after graduating, I think within a few weeks I was cast in my first per- so in between graduating college and booking this tour, yeah, um, just a few weeks out out of graduation, I like booked my first gig where I got my EMC card. Dude, yeah, you, that's that is very lucky. I, I'm yeah. still looking for that shit. I know, <laughs> <laughs> I know. So I and but of course, as I'm you know like fresh faced, I'm mm-hmm. 22 years old, freshly graduated, and I've got this shiny new EMC card. I'm like, yeah. this is it. <laughs> I've Open arrived up from here. and that's not exactly Uh, how oh my god that's why you're on this podcast okay this is great this is great exactly Uh how life works but i had some like really incredible momentum and so okay so i had my amc card la 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 working in the dallas fort worth area awesome got cast in this tour yeah cool i'm getting paid to go across the country and entertain kids and like live in weird hotel rooms. Yeah. And, um, that's, uh, so I did a similar thing. I, as soon as I got out of school, I got a, a, a touring shows for nine weeks and it wasn't anything great. It was, um, you know, with middle schoolers, not that it's a bad thing or anything, but it was just me and one other person. And we were doing shows oh. for middle schoolers and it was an energy efficiency show. We were supposed to teach kids how to properly, uh, like, turn off the faucets, turn off lights, like, conserve mm. energy. Mm-hmm. Um, and it ended up being a half and half good. I'm sorry. It ended up being uh, half good, half bad, because it was, like, some of the shows, the kids would be throwing things at us. Really? Yeah. We had to, like, cancel some shows because we, we just, like, couldn't do it. Kids were, like, screaming. But then you have, like, these great fulfilling moments where kids are just, like, being the best, the absolute best audience that you could uh, you could ask for, and you're getting paid for this thing. Um, it's so rewarding in those times. I know, yeah. And you have to remember when you're really uh, when you have an audience of just like really mm, inattentive 
Yeah. Little ones. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. Just... <laughs> or for you, middle ones. You said middle school. Middle school. Oh, That's the worst. See, I don't know I was, what they were thinking. Yeah, I had ele- a bunch of a bunch of elementary school kids. Really, was what oh it was more god. targeted towards. They're so naive. I know. They're not yet going through puberty. <laughs> like they they Sounds don't really care terrible. about uh these these other things that like middle schoolers care about they just want to be entertained yeah and they'll buy into almost anything Gosh. which is pretty beautiful so you get done with the was it 13 14 months of touring yeah i think all together i think from start to finish we were it was just about 13 14 months um and finished that and mm-hmm. then i knew that I was ready for something else. I had visited Chicago in high school yeah, and um, really, really loved it here. And then on tour, we actually were, we were here in Chicago during tour, but we couldn't perform here because children's, uh, Chicago Children's Theater actually has like territory. So there are certain parts of the country, uh, larger parts of the country where we, uh, I shouldn't say larger parts of the country, like regions and certain cities where Dallas Children's Theater couldn't really like step on the the territory of other large children's theaters. Hmm. So that was the case in Chicago. What we happened to do was stay in Chicago and uh, this is where we flew in and out to get to Alaska. So it was over my birthday. We had like three or four days um, to just like hang out in Chicago. So we were here and I fell in love with the city. I just thought, yep, this is it. This is where I I need to be. Mm So after finishing tour months, months later, um, I stayed in Dallas for a, a few months to like get gather. Some, yeah, yeah. Get your things together. Get my things together. Get a job at Starbucks so I can transfer it over oh, here yeah. to Chicago. Yeah. You know, the basic stuff. And um, Is that a big culture? Sh- was that a big culture shock for you? You're like, I've been on tour, getting paid to be an actor, and then I have to go back and work a day job. Uh, where it's the furthest I could be from doing what I actually want to do. Oh, absolutely. It was pretty crushing. Yeah. The only thing that, or not only, but the main thing that um, I found solace in was knowing that it was temporary and yeah. I had like a You're making ship a sacrifice for mm-hmm. something that's a little bit exactly. larger than yourself. Yeah, I knew that I was moving to mm-hmm. Chicago. Yeah. So I could kind of see like a due date for this for this little period of time. And it truly was only a summer, so that wasn't... Yeah. Too, too much. But in the you know day to day, I remember feeling very, um, oh, just casually crushed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just casually feeling a little depressed <laughs> yes. throughout the day. Uh, I did. You feel like you gave yourself enough time? Did you feel like you gave yourself enough time to uh, collect your things together, get money together, and kind of get your plan situated? I mean, sort of. Okay. I. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if anyone fully feels like, yes, I have enough money. Right. Yes, I know exactly what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. I basically, I mean, I moved here with like two suitcases and a carry-on. I didn't know the girls that I was moving in with. It was very much was like a... Craigslist thing? It was a friend of a friend thing. Yeah. I um, I ended up, uh, it's kind of also another longer story, but I... You're on a podcast that goes I'm, about an hour long. You can talk however long you <laughs> However long you want. Well, um, so the way I knew this person was when I was, so we're going back in time to when (laughs) I was still on tour and I was in Chicago. It was my birthday. Myself and my tour bestie, Samantha Parrish, who's living in New York and being an absolute badass and wonderful person. um, We were going into downtown Chicago. It was my birthday. We Mm -hmm. were touring. We were going to figure it out. We were on the train into downtown when she gets a text from someone that she used to tour with. With, um, 
uh, like a bus and truck, like two person tours beforehand. Sure. She and she got this notice um, from this guy, and who she used to tour with, and she was like, "Oh, I promised this other person that I was going to have lunch with them today. Can he come?" Mm. And his name was Dave Smith, who's also wonderful, who I happened to see last week. Um, anyway, I said, yeah, sure, he can come. We ended up spending my birthday together. And Dave just casually said, oh, you're moving to Chicago. Well, if you ever need a place to stay, just let me know. Mm -hmm. I was a crazy person like four months later, and I actually took him up on it. (laughs) You didn't know Dave that much at all? I didn't know Dave. Oh, my God. (laughs) I didn't know Dave very much at all. Has Dave proved out to be a good guy? Oh, yes, he's wonderful. Maybe you got a good judge of character. Yes, so I was able to uh, take Dave up on it, and Mm -hmm. in the middle of like... February or something like that. Yeah, February in Chicago. Oh, my God. I came and I slept on his couch for a few days. I His roommate at the time has ended up becoming one of my very, very close friends. Um, and, yeah, so Dave was, again, who I reached out to when I was finally moving to Chicago. And I said, hey, Dave, do you have any friends, anybody that you know that has a room open yeah. that I can room with? And he did. He ended up um, totally following through. A real peach of a guy who, <laughs> like, truly, we did not know each other very well. And just, he was like, yeah, sure, I can get you connected. Oh, and it hilarious. ended up working out. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, so that was my first, that was kind of how I got here. Yeah. You know, when you show up and you don't have a mattress and you don't, yeah, like, you didn't I didn't anything. have any furniture. I find it kind of, kind of freeing in a way. In a way, Yeah. yeah. But then you, you kind of long to have those things that that, may, that that feel like you're nesting. Yes, because there's also just this cloud of oh doubt of like, what have you just And then done? literal clouds everywhere in, in the month of February. <laughs> right. You live in the worst yeah. time. Well, thank well, no, this was, thankfully, this was in September. So I just took like a trial run in February. Oh, I gotcha. To like check out the city and see what was going on. And then I went back on tour. Mm-hmm. So this was just while we were on break. Mm-hmm. From... Um, I think my time might have turned on that. It might have been January. It was very, very cold. Mm-hmm. It was, uh, I ended up getting stuck in a turnstile. <laughs> what? <laughs> it was like, that was such a weird oh my God. trip in the first place. But he ended up following through months and months later. Yeah. Um, towards the end of, or in the middle of, of the summer when I reached out to him again. And he, he was wonderful. Yeah. So. Uh, Did you yeah. like Chicago when you first moved here? I moved here. Uh, I have a caveat to that statement. Uh-oh. Yeah, yes. Uh oh. Um, but I moved here September first, and that was before that was the year of the polar of the oh, polar vortex, where God. it started to snow on October first, and then didn't quit until May. <laughs> oh my God! But I'm incredibly stubborn, so although that winter was absolutely hell, I was like, no way, I'm right. staying here. Yeah, I'm gonna make this happen. Yeah, and of course through that time I ended up making very close friends who are still dear and close to me Mm -hmm. now, even in those first few months of being here. Mm -hmm. I'm thankful for that. You know, a lot of folks kind of have like a starter kit of friends when you move to a new place. Yeah, that's a really good way to say it. Yeah. (laughs) Like these are my temporary friends until I find new ones, better ones. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, there's always a smattering of those, but there are still several people who are incredibly um, still near and dear to me who I met in that pivotal first, in those pivotal first six months. Mm. I, I would say that I hated Chicago when I moved here. I moved here, I want to say October eleventh or fifth, uh, somewhere around the middle part of Oct- of October, and uh, was here for the first six months because I was going to go back to Louisville to do a show. So the first six months were just hellacious. 
I was running out of money. I like I had only mm. given myself like a month prior to like really prepping everything. A girl had broken my heart, and I was like, well, "I'm gonna move." And this is great. <laughs> this is a great motivation. Fine. Everything's gonna be fine. She's gonna she's gonna miss me. <laughs> <laughs> you know those dumb things that you think. Mm-hmm. Um, and I moved here and uh, just like quickly ran out of money. I I remember at one point I've told everybody this. I was eating cottage cheese and carrots. I had so I didn't ha- even have enough money to like go and get like brown rice <laughs> at the Jewel or something like that. So then I got a job at uh, La Colombe in Andersonville and like completely changed my world. Mm-hmm. And then um, I got my first my first show. Uh, it was called uh, Scenes from an Execution, and I had to be naked. In <laughs> the very yeah. first scene was just like fully frontal. <gasps> yeah, it was pretty intense. Oh. Well, well, well. I Welcome know. to Chicago. I met my my partner uh, through that show, though. Uh, I made I made a lot of really good friends. But um, outside of that, it just seemed like Chicago was sending me a bunch of sign uh, a bunch of signs that it just like did not want okay, me. It's like you fucked up. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Go away. Yeah. Yeah, it can be like that. And I now that you're you've reminded me because I think I truly like black this out. But about a. I was only at that Starbucks when I first, first moved here. I was only there for about a month mm-hmm. because I was working full time there. Um, but they forgot to do my change of whatever it is from state to state. You know how there's different minimum wages? Yeah. Um, oh, no. They forgot to do my cost of living change from Texas to Illinois. What's the minimum wage in Texas? Oh, I, I think it was even less at the time. I think it was like seven twenty five or something. And you, I was, yeah. I, I think I was making over that, but not by much. And yeah. Anyway, there were there like there was a screw up in the accounting, mm-hmm. and I was working full time, and I was still only taking home like two hundred dollars a week Ugh. for working forty to forty five hours, and I was just completely. I, I was just, I was broke. I was so broke. So, so, so broke. I ended up, um, I, my, one of my best friends to this day, Sophie Schrand, who's wonderful. Um, we uh, knew each other already at that point. And there was a story where we were walking down the street and I was so broke. She saw, uh, I don't know if it was a $5 bill or a $10 bill, but she like saw it on the ground and picked it up. And I was so broke and so upset. And I hadn't eaten in a while Mm -hmm. that I just burst into tears. (gasps) Oh, (laughs) <laughs> oh my god because i was so tired and so broke and i was so jealous that she had found that amount of money and it may uh, have even just been five dollars and so she we went together and like she like bought me a burrito oh with, like, that's that so money. nice and we sat and ate um uh, yeah a, a delicious burrito I it bet. was a delicious burrito but so about a month in nothing tastes me. better than when you're starving okay oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. anything anything and it's really really great and so we i think i really truly was at that starbucks for only about a month and then i found um an office job downtown yeah i started off with uh, working at pete's coffee for Ooh. about 15 hours a week which was giving me like nothing but yeah. it was giving me uh nice pastries and also those little um, sandwiches that come in the plastic bins or whatever. So it's like a turkey uh, pesto sort of thing. Sure. I would take so many of those home because they would just expire. Uh, and uh, I can't eat those anymore. They're just, I've had too, 
way too many. Yeah, looking and, at the prepackaged Starbucks stuff kind of makes me makes my stomach turn a little bit now. Oh, because you would take some home? Oh, absolutely. Oh, my God. By the droves. It's truly what I ate. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure my roommate at the time, though, he was like, because I was also giving him some. I'm pretty sure he was very uh, grateful for that. But I was also, I also had a, a, a job downtown where I was like a bartender for Miller Coors. Oh. Yeah, and it was like this free bar that they had at the top of their building, and we would go through the building and like restock all their cafes on their on each floor, because they have like a kitchen and it's got snacks and drinks and stuff like that. So we would refill all those things, and then we would transition to doing the bar upstairs. But it's all free beer, so they never tipped us. They never gave us anything. But we were making like eleven an hour, which right. wasn't bad, but. I, I don't know. It was something about like the people there. They they were not very nice and very receptive. And it, it was a very isolated and lonely experience living in Chicago for six months. Because you don't really, you don't have the, those strong core group of friends. Yeah. You know those come with time. Yeah, that just takes a lot of time. Um, so you came to Chicago, and did you immediately start working in theater? I think I. Da, 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 da. I think it was a few months, mm -hmm. a few months into living here. And my first full project, you know, I did like a few readings or a smatter, yeah. smattering of um, smaller things. But my first full production was uh, Wit with Aston Rep. And that ended up being uh, a godsend in its own way because that production was one of those really rare shows where um, the people that you are that you are involved in with that show s maintain friendships, close friendships. Oh, nice. That doesn't Th happen. That doesn't happen often. Yeah. It certainly doesn't. It's like these are rent of friends is what I call it. Yeah. <laughs> when you're doing a show, it's like, this is my rent a friend. Right. It is. And Nothing it, malicious it, no, about it. It's but it's and it's very heartfelt and you're having a great time and then you, you know, s scatter. Right. Uh, and sometimes you keep up with them, kind of, yeah. or whatever. But this group, we are there are still several of us that are really, really close. And in fact, it is basically that production is what was the um, beginning, for like, I'm trying to think of a stronger vocabulary term, but the beginning of what the comrades are. Oh, really? Yeah. So the director of that show, Derek Bertelson, mm -hmm. um, he, uh, after that mm -hmm. show, really got a few of us together and he decided he wanted us to start creating theater together from, from that production. And you, so you're in the, you were on the ground level of creating the comrades. Oh, absolutely. I'm a founding company member of oh the comrades. Oh my God. Talk about that for a second. I'm really interested in that. Yeah. So we are a newer, certainly a newer theater company. You we, guys are going to your second season. Mm -hmm, we are about to start our second season. Um, and it's a group of us that we just all really, we truly clicked and we wanted to, be able to make some creative choices for ourselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's, like, that's really what it comes down to. I think it, we can get really bogged down in thinking that um, you, we have to have higher purposes for doing these things. And you do. You need to have a why behind what you're doing it, uh, mm -hmm. what you're doing it for. Mm -hmm. But also, I think that it's really uh, healthy to acknowledge, I just really want to work. I really yeah. want to practice what I've been uh, trying to do my entire life. Absolutely. But yeah. Um, by creating this, it was making room for each of us to have a voice <clears throat> as, yeah. my, as my own bricks, <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
to have a voice and a um, and an opinion and a place at the table. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, so he approached me about that. Yeah, so I guess two two years ago he brought it to my attention, and I said yes, of course, let's get on board. And we had our inaugural production of Mary Kate Olsen is in Love, and I played Mary Kate Olsen. Of course, you know I'm five nine and not a hundred pounds um (laughs) so perfect fit for mary kate olsen uh i was gonna i was gonna say when i very first when i first met you uh i was like oh my god spitting image of spitting image of the olsen twins of course uh that didn't register with me until now why that actually was yeah i'm glad Mm -hmm. i put the two the two and two together yeah but yes it was uh it was this kind of like wacky absurdist play where Mm -hmm. i also had an ashley olsen and we don't really look anything alike she's like six (laughs) six inches shorter than me and we don't we certainly don't look really similar but it was this really fun um show and Mm -hmm. it was an hour it was like an hour and change you're kind of you're in and you're out we really try to bring chicago premieres to stage with our with our company yeah. Um, not always, but we certainly focus on that. And our mission is fun, vibrant, and uh, fun, vibrant, engaging. Okay. Yeah. So we use that as an axis for what shows we want to put on. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we want we try to put on stuff that doesn't need an intermission. We want folks to be able to come in, experience some great fun theater, and then get back out um, and living their lives. Yeah, that's a good way of doing it. You know, uh, and that mission statement is. Something that guides you and you come back to in moments of like, I don't know, artistic duress or, or kind of like fogginess or something. Yeah, just kind of when we get lost in the mire of when you're trying to put a season together. Yeah. And you just have these like seemingly infinite possibilities of what we want or could do or whatever it is. It gives us something to, to ground ourselves to think, okay, well, does this hit at least some of these marks? Yeah. And you're also... Uh, you're now working with Jackalope, is that correct? I am. Yeah. I yeah. I am. So along with <laughs> you, <laughs> just put <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know. I went <laughs> seventy thousand uh, pitches above. So, in as I continue to be a founding company member with the Comrades, I am now the director of audience engagement what does with that mean? Jackalope. That means that I <laughs> am <laughs> that I am in. I am the go-to gal for all things audience members. for Jackalope. So that uh, means that I am in charge of and I herald these subscribers, the season pass holders for Jackalope. I also handle all of the accessibility, so touch tours, um, audio description, uh, captioning, which I'm going to be learning about very shortly. Um, So all of the accessibility things. And then I'm also, I've also got my hand in the development side there as well with handling their individual giving and also group sales. That's a big, good job to have. Ooh. Yeah, a lot of experience. <laughs> you're you're a fairly versatile person. I hope. Yeah. I... <laughs> That's the name of the game. In the, like, you, you have to be versatile in this thing. Yeah, I mean, I just, I'm, I love people and I love... Um... It shows. I just want you to know that. Oh, you're, you're one of the most affable people I've ever met. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take it. Thanks. Uh, yeah, I just really love people and I love... Um, making sure people have access to the theater they want to see. Yeah. So I really, a lot, I've gotten a, a lot of actually of feedback of when I let people know oh, I'm with Jackalope now, mm-hmm. these kinds of things. I get a lot of like, how? What? Like yeah. they're surprised? <laughs> yeah. I'm just, uh, Do you want to talk I, about the how or is that, uh, is that something you're like, I don't need to talk about the how. You can what? go and fuck yourself. I'm- <laughs> 
<laughs> well, I kind of, uh, I think I'm. Because I want to know about the hat, and I'm right. sure the people well, listening are like, hey, well, uh, hey, we want to know. Well, I, at first, of course, I was kind of like, how dare you? <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean, how? Um, but then I stepped back. They wouldn't back like and, scowl and be like, Right. Like, well, but I can see how it would be how because I um, have not been in any of their shows. Yeah. Uh, and I didn't go to the same college and those yeah. kinds of things. So it is, I, in a way, I'm able to be like, okay, that's a valid question, sort of. <laughs> um, after slapping them after across the face. And be like, how dare you? How dare you? But, but good question. Yes. Uh, the how is for the fact that um, I have been involved with helping in Jackalope's accessibility initiatives for three years. Wow. Yeah, def- definitely more than two. I'm going to say between two and three years. So I... That's my entire time living in Chicago. Oh, really? Yeah, so you've been involved with them since I moved here. Holy mackerel. I don't know well, if that means anything. Well... I just, just wanted to plug myself in- for a second. Sure, interesting timeline melting. I'm melding. so selfish. No, uh, anyway, fine. moving on. Um, no, but I got... I've, I truly, once again, I feel like I've just fallen into a lot of good stuff. Yeah. Um... And I fell into getting into arts accessibility first with Steppenwolf. And then I uh, was able to help with Jackalope as well under the guidance, with Jackalope under the guidance of Evan Hatfield. And then, excuse me, with Steppenwolf uh, under the guidance of Evan Hatfield. And then with Jackalope, Alana Bulos. And so yeah. I helped Alana for years with their touch. Woo, woo, love Alana. Yeah. Alana, yes. Alana. Alanu. Alanu. <laughs> <laughs> I love Alanu um, and I love Alana. Alana yes. Both of them. Whoever yeah. the hell Alanu is, um, I don't know. Yeah, she absolutely gave me the platform to learn so much. Yeah. Um, from and to learn learn more off of the foundations that I got from Evan. Evan Hatfield was pivotal in um, opening my eyes to this like entire different field of access. Yeah. So anyway, so I helped Alana um, for years basically mm-hmm. with Jackalope Touch Tours, and then Alana got this incredible opportunity. I know. Chicago misses her. I know. Chicago misses her. Uh, I do too. But she's off, you know, being big time in Columbia. She is. Getting her MFA. Like New York, Columbia. But so, so she took me under her wing very much with Jackalope in that kind of way. And then she was leaving. So I was in my like classic, (laughs) I guess like tempered self. I was getting up the courage to ask her if I could take over the arts accessibility for Jackalope. And it was on my to-do list when I get an email out of the blue, completely out of the blue. And she's like, Hey girl, what's up? Uh, you want to be the director of audience engagement that actually handles X, Y, and Z, A, A, B, B, C, C, D, D for the company for Jackalope. You want to join Jackalope as a staff member and a company member. You want to do that? That's so awesome. (laughs) And it's very serendipitous too. And also I want to say she was handling that job while also being the casting director and directing shows. Yes. And producing. Good Lord. I I actually do not know how she was able to do all of that. She is queen of Queens. She, so I took over just a portion of her job. Yeah. And I bet you're like, Oh man, this is, this is an intense thing. Yeah. Uh, it's wonderful. But the, the, I, I shouldn't say the benefit. I should say a benefit now of uh, several positions that she held have now been disseminated amongst a few of us humans. And so we're able to... That must make her feel really good. You know, She leaves and like five people take all yeah, the projects that she seriously. did before that. She's like, uh, I couldn't imagine being in her shoes. Um, but yeah, so now that we have people 
who just handle parts of her original job were able to expand, expand, expand. I was trying, expand I was deciding vowels. between, I was just deciding between expand and expound and yeah. it didn't, and it happened in the moment. Um, so <laughs> we now Lots have, of things going on the cutting floor. A, oh, I'm so glad. Um, <laughs> No, this is probably going to make it in. I was, no. It's going to make you seem... Uh, people are going to be like, oh, she's, she's really lovely. Um, no, so how, <laughs> how we're able to move forward is the fact that Jackalope is in a time of immense growth. Yeah. Um, they produce and really good work. Yeah. Uh, we are... We're really going for it. And we have... Like, Jackalope has before, and we will continue to do so. Just go forth putting up really badass shows with yeah. like no regrets and no apologies mm-hmm. um but we are able to uh, further expand i think now because we have capacity because we have more people t- who have ownership of sp- of specific things uh-huh. does that make sense that's yes, okay. that makes sense <laughs> Woo, i just felt like i said twenty thousand words for something that could have been like 10 but um point being yeah so I am the point person for all subscribers. I am um, in charge of making sure that the front of house is settled. I'm in charge of group sales. I'm in charge of putting up all of the events. We had a really amazing season kickoff party that I was totally in charge of, which was awesome and stressful and wonderful. I bet, yeah. Um, and I'm, yeah, I'm a member of staff. It's crazy. I get to sit in a round robin circle with all these, you know, like incredible <coughs> mover and shakers of Chicago and I'm still kind of having to overcome the imposter syndrome a little bit. Oh my God. That is so fucking real too. Yeah. People. I'm sitting here at like Gus Maneri's sitting next to me eating the Cheeto puffs that I brought for the meeting. <laughs> I'm glad you brought the Cheeto puffs to the meeting. I'm really and proud of you. I'm like, how the fuck did I get here? But in a great way. Yeah. Not, uh, just, yeah. If you had asked me six months ago, um, that, Oh, you'll be a, staff member, company member of, of Jackalope Theater and helping to shape their next season, you know, into yeah. into what it's going to be. I'd be like, you are cruel because and how you know is that possible? You know what's cruel is like that whole that whole uh, idea and mentality of imposter syndrome. This summer when I was at school at Steppenwolf, it was just pervasive across the board. We had to constantly be reminded that we were enough. And it's just like a stupid thing <sighs> that you have to remind yourself, but it's very true. Yeah. Like you deserve, you, you, it's okay for you to be there. Yeah. It's okay for you to be there. I also have to be, I also have to remind myself that, um, it's so okay to speak up. Mm. I also hesitate in saying that because I've gotten a lot better at that in the last few months. Oh so yes. <laughs> they might be like, Hey man, right, well, calm okay. the fuck down just for yeah, a second. <laughs> Cause now I am the person. You hear this room. podcast. Right. You said you didn't speak up enough. I know. No, cause I actually think now I'm, I'm maybe even on the other side of that. where like, I'm the person in the room that's like, no, I'm going to say it. You Let's know what's funny blah, is, blah, 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 blah. is the thing, you know, what's funny is the thing that I found is when you are super conscious of that, you're probably not in the wrong. Probably, yeah. Yeah. Like, I constantly worry about being an asshole, uh, and then I will have people kind of confirm to me, they're like, oh, you, you're really not an asshole. You know that, right? If anything, you could probably amp up your assholishness just a little bit. I think I'm fine with wherever you are on the asshole scale. Oh, and me. 
I don't know. Thank you so about much. I'm gonna write that down for I a second. Know. Angela thinks I'm. I'm no, okay. No, just like why would you tell? Why would you want someone to amp up their asshole stuff? But yeah, I know. But I understand. You know what I mean. You know what I mean. In order to make sure that you stand up for yourself, because there's yeah. like being an asshole and being too much. But then on the other side of that, there's not being enough for yourself. Yeah. Standing up for yourself, speaking up, standing up, speaking up. Um, standing up, speaking up, standing being up, heard. speaking up, being heard. Um, <laughs> it's about taking up space and knowing that you um, deserve to be there. And yeah. maybe what you have to say isn't totally. Uh, maybe maybe what you have to say in that moment isn't the best idea, mm-hmm. or isn't um, you know the best of whatever. But you have the right to. Um, to speak your opinion. All of this makes me a little nervous, though, in this time It makes and age, me nervous, too. Wow, we just went into uh, into ca- categories where I was ready for to say, like, a thousand caveats to that. Sure, yeah. So I don't know, it, actually. Well, I think it's confusing and hard to talk about because it's pretty personal, and then you also, you're on a podcast, so you're, you're, you're hyper aware of what you're saying yeah and you're sort of like oh when i get done with this is somebody gonna think x y and z, x, y, and z about z myself that i'm talking about which uh, is larger issues which i about self-worth to, about, about how self-worth you should and about opinion yeah. and about like what matters i do want to transition a little bit because um this is fairly topical uh so you work with the comrades you worked at jackalope you've got all these things going on um and you and I have talked about how we have both gone through stretches of not working. Oh, absolutely. What's it? What's your longest period? Oh, like a year and change. Yeah, dude. <laughs> so that can just that that alone, that history can just reinforce the narrative that like, I don't know, you're not enough, basically, or that you were doing something wrong, or you're like you're taking up too much space, or. Oh, absolutely, and I was, um, and I still struggle with that. I would say to some degree on a mm, da- maybe daily basis, but sometimes da- sometimes it could just be very much where it would just be like a flickering of self-doubt yeah. about something specific that I'm doing, whatever that may be. Um, so I don't want it to sound like I question my worth every <laughs> single day. Um, hey, man, that's, 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 that's generally my uh, constant existence. At that le- at that level, it's pretty bad, actually. Yeah. Okay. There are certainly times in my life when I am when I am there. Yeah. Um, but I, uh, especially with I will say, especially with Jackalope, when I'm dealing with Jackalope business and knee deep in the emails, um, yeah. <laughs> in all of the email work that is needed, sometimes I'm just kind of like, whew, like, can I do this? Yeah. Can I? Am I enough? Yeah. Am I enough for what Jackalope needs from me? Am I am I enough? Um, well, I think you know if Lana Bulos thinks you are, then that's probably a good seal I of approval. But so. that too, like <laughs> that, that is also a false narrative as well, saying that oh, if somebody else approves of me, then I must be okay. But we crave that so deeply. Well, that we're actors too. Line? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. To be like, I need to hear from other people. I need to hear from some voice that's not my own in my own brain saying. Yeah, but you could do this. Yeah, yeah, but you could do more. Yeah. And that's really I struggle a lot with um with finding where the line is of enough. Because I'm arguably in the one of the busiest times of my life up to this point. Mm-hmm. So I'm 
um, yes, so I am with the, uh, of course, with the comrades. I am about to be in a show. I'm in rehearsals right now with the show, with mm-hmm. the comrades. Mm-hmm. I'm doing this jackalope job, which is incredible. Uh, I also have a full-time job, and I'm also uh, apprenticing to become a ballroom dance instructor on top of all of that. So, like, oh I've got to... Oh, my God. A, I know. So, I, I struggle with um, not overdoing it. Yeah. I think it is in response, though, as going back a little bit to when you said when was the last time or what was the longest time that you went without working, it was a year and change because it was just about last year that I was I was not doing well at all. I was um, struggling with a lot of real-life stuff. Yeah. Um, and I actually I don't know quite where it is. I wasn't working artistically, so I really went – so my mental health – was really suffering and then it was suffering more because I wasn't wor- it yeah kind of seemed to feed um like feed on itself like a snake eating its own tail what's funny to me uh is that we want to do this thing so badly and then when we're not doing it we kind of depreciate everything else around us yes as if everything stands on the pedestal of our art yeah and when you're not working uh you start to depreciate everything around us but the one thing that uh, uh my therapist recently told me he, um, I was telling him about how I was complaining about a certain someone and I was saying, God damn it. They're just like, they're not aware. They're not present. They're not being here. And I'm like, you have to be here anyway. Why not just be here? And I was getting really pent up and angry about it. And he was like, you know why you're angry, right? And I was like, what? And he goes, cause it's you. And it was sort of like, oh my God, that is me. I'm so unaware of everything else around me. And I'm depreciating everything because I'm not where I want to be. And mm-hmm. yet I'm only going in, in all likelihood, I will only get to where I want to be after I've already appreciated where I've been. It's like the, it's like a larger structure of the hero's journey. Like you have to go through these trials and errors of your own life or like um, what you don't want to be in before you can, I don't know, move on to the next step. Yeah, you have to go through. You have to go through it to get over it, to get past it. Maybe, yeah. And I think just by your own personality, you probably like accumulate challenges just by being you. Like your mm-hmm. personality is butting up against something because it's uh, it, it's something you need to work on. I oh guess. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And we are. I don't. I don't know if this is some like old adage or or not. I'm not sure, but I think. But it, uh, somewhere in my mind, I know that like we are somehow like most irritated and most annoyed with the people who are most like us. Oh my God, yeah. Maybe there's a specific quote about that that I'm butchering or something like that. But it's, it is that where we are. I want to say that's Freud or Young or something like something. that. Something. Yeah. But I certainly found that to be true. Yeah. In my own life with being just so incredibly frustrated and, you know, like, uh, so ugh, just. Not so much hate, but just be so irritated by someone's entire being, and <laughs> <laughs> and then you're able to. Oh, I know I have been able to step back with time or whatever it is, sure. and be like, oh, it's because they actually do a lot of what I do. Yeah, we have very similar personalities, or whatever that may be. Yeah, I find it really difficult to give myself compassionate uh, sort of treatment when I when I uh, realize certain things that maybe I'm uh, deficient in, like judging other people or whatever. I'm 
I then will judge myself. For judging that person? Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Same. And, and, and then it's just a spiral down. Oh my God, yeah. You're just like, oh, well, I should really give the, you know, I shouldn't be so judgmental. Why am I so judgmental? It's because I'm terrible. I'm a terrible person. Did you ever have a, and I want to go back to not, when you were working, did you ever uh, encounter people who weren't working and you just be like, well, you're not, you're probably not trying hard enough. Um. Because you hadn't yet uh, gone through the, um, the feeling of not working. I'm sure I did. I can't. Uh, yes, because that sounds incredibly human, and yeah, yeah, <laughs> where it's like, well, maybe you should just go to more auditions. Yeah, 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 maybe something like that. What I wouldn't say out loud at all, but perhaps have a fleeting thought of, well, it's like, well, just you know, keep keep working at it. Maybe you can do more. Yeah, because I am hypercritical of myself not doing enough. Same. If I've ever had to like cancel an audition because it, I just can't. Uh, I don't feel good about my my material, or I, some logistical thing happens. I, I will think about that for days, mm. about how, how I've basically given up a potential opportunity for work. Absolutely, and how that might negatively negatively impact you down the road. Oh my God, yeah, like uh, reputation is damn near everything. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So yeah, I have had that, I and um, I absolutely want to like kick myself in the butt for ever it's, having those thoughts because when you're on the other side of it, I mean, I was a lot of the reason. Well, again, so I was not doing a lot of work because I was dealing with a lot of personal stuff and, um, uh, and I wasn't really like capable. I was having to deal with life at that point Mm -hmm. and that's really all I could handle. Um, but if someone had told me, oh, you should just work harder. Like I, when I wasn't working, I, my brain would have melted. I sort of felt like when I graduated undergrad, life just like clocked me right in the face. And it was like, all right, you took it. Now get get the fuck back up. And it's it's really tough when you graduate college. Your whole life is stripped away from you. All of your friends, this wonderful safe space. At least for me, this is my experience. And then I moved back in with my parents. Ah. And and then you know I did a touring show and everything like that. But then I had to. I was like, I went back home, and it's just like a larger degree of basically what happens in your career is like, you've got this wonderful home. And then after three months or so of working on a show, it's like stripped away from you. Mm -hmm. And then you're back to reality. And it starts all over again. It's a tough cycle. And I remember, uh, my teachers would be like, there are going to be moments when you're not working. And I'd be like, Oh, that's never going to happen to me. Uh, I'm pretty good. I don't know if you know (laughs) this. And then it fucking happened. It was like free. I, so I understudied three shows in a row. Uh, and so that's nine months. Of not working. Never went on once. Oh. Yeah. One of those shows I'm glad it didn't go on because it was pretty, it was pretty, pretty difficult. Pretty rough. Um, the guy was, he, he was uh, a, a tremendous actor. Uh, but yeah, it was nine months of not working, which I filled my, I then had to just by like survival instincts, like fill my time with writing or, I don't know, just appreciating life. Yeah. Well, it still sounds like you were choosing to uh, move towards a creative something for yourself with writing or whatever it is. Like yeah. When I was in my... <laughs> Month and a half so after after Steppenwolf, I'm starting a podcast, so I don't oh, know okay, if that says anything about, you, about me <laughs> to you and the listeners at home. No, but that's incredible. It's the for the fact that you're choosing, you know, you've chosen in this medium and in others in the past and whatever it is, um, to 
still move yourself towards create towards creative um pursuits i just have to like i, I the, yeah. my, the well has to be filled yeah absolutely and that's part of why i'm just dis- i decided to enterprise on try this whole ballroom dance yeah thing. what is what's up with that it's wonderful what's up with that, what's up with that? yeah what's up with that um <laughs> what's so that up? Is, uh, um that's getting it cut. Ooh, I can't. Yeah, can we I'm sorry. please? Yikes. Um, no, so I am in this place of wanting to move my life as a whole, like just my entire life towards artistic endeavors. Yeah. And that is a very just kind of like, what a swath of a statement that is. Um, but it makes <clears throat> sense because it's all the same. It's the same. They're the same doors into this. Or they're different doors into the same house. Yeah, it's all about thinking and living creatively. Yeah. And so, um, and quite honestly, you know, like making money in, mm-hmm. you know, being able to pay some of your bills uh, and slowly building towards uh, towards making it an all-over career. So I ran across this, I truly just ran across this, um, this position. And part of my job uh, is part of my day job is basically as working in recruiting. So mm-hmm. I am looking at jobs, looking at open positions <laughs> all day long. And you're like, Oh, I'd be good for that. Oh, I'd be I'd good, be good for, that. for that. I could do that and that and that. Sure. <laughs> um, yeah. So like part of my job is like actually looking at jobs. Um, so I ran across this, there was a posting on um, a Chicago artist resource. Mm-hmm. And it was for a pr- ballroom apprenticeship at this ballroom studio called Ballroom Dance Chicago. Very literal, very wonderful. And they are a ballroom studio that doesn't do competitions. They're strictly for like wedding dance and social dance. It's just for like the art and love of dance. It's not. Oh and my there god, no, that's fulfilling. Yeah, no sequins, no like bronze level cha cha no, dancing with the stars in Miami. No, like none of that. <laughs> <laughs> no, like uh, it's. Um, yeah, it's all about like learning how to, uh, how to dance and how to enjoy dance, social dances. So when you scrolled upon that, first of all, do you have a background in dance at all? Yeah. So my background before doing scripted, uh, before doing like street theater and scripted work was, was in musicals. So I did a lot of musicals growing up. That national tour was a musical. Right. But since moving to Chicago, you haven't really, haven't really enterprised on it. I, and, uh, it's just not musical theater just isn't quite like where my heart is. Sure. Um, but I do have a foundational knowledge in it Mm. and I did a lot of swing dance in high school. Mm. So you were um, that kid. I was, I was that kid. (laughs) That doesn't mean anything. We were top of the state in show choir from my high school. In the whole state of Texas. The entire state of Texas, which is a very large, very competitive Uh, place. Pretty large state. Pretty, Uh, pretty big. Anyway. (laughs) I don't know why I just immediately went into some sort of like old man voice. (laughs) But no, so I did. I have, I had a foundational understanding of dance. And so I saw that posting and I let it ruminate in my brain for about three weeks. And yeah. I was what? too chicken, I was too chicken, <laughs> chicken shit to like actually apply. And then I just one night just decided to, and I just applied. One night after a bottle of rosé, I, just I was went feeling for myself. It, half a liter of ice cold Coca-Cola later. <laughs> and I just. Getting a nice sugar high. That's right. Ugh. And I just went for it. And, um, <laughs> and again, so I applied and I, you know, it just, it sounds, it sounds so simple. Like 
when you think of like, oh, how you go from one thing to the next, I just applied and then they let me through. Da, 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 da. It doesn't speak to the other trillions of times where you have applied for something oh, and right. failed. But <laughs> I've just applied for everything and never gotten it. So. Right. <laughs> and then the times I did, like, I'm just applied. Oh, just applied. Just, then I heard back from them two the days stars. later. Exactly. I know. I want to. Um, <laughs> but in this instance, I applied. They were interested. I interviewed. They were great. Uh, it worked out and I am now apprenticing. So not by no means is this a guarantee that I will be continuing as an instructor with them. But mm-hmm. I do know that I get about 10 to 12 hours a week where I am learning mm-hmm. all of the social dances and also starting to learn how to teach people yeah. these dances. Woof. It's so... Because you it, got people like me with two left feet. Oh, you say that, but we, you know, miracles can happen. Um, but it's... <laughs> I'm a non-believer. <laughs> You're like, I will break you. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm like Ivan Drago. No, but it's wonderful. It's wonderful because it's... Um, in order to teach it, you have to really know every bit and piece of it. So I'm not just learning how to... Fo- I'm not just going through the movements of learning how to foxtrot. I'm it's almost becoming like painstaking the amount of precision that is needed for what your body does in order to create movement. And I, since moving to Chicago, this kind of weirdly translates into, um, since moving to Chicago, I've been able to really enterprise on movement, not so much dance, but movement in my artistic life. Um, I've done quite a bit of contact improvisation specifically with a group called creative wellness. Mm -hmm. They're wonderful. Um, and so, uh, moving here to Chicago opened my eyes to different kinds of theaters that I did kinds of theater and art that I wasn't exposed to in Texas and didn't know existed. Mm -hmm. So, um, I kind of saw all of this as furthering my exploration with movement. Yeah. So I'm apprenticing and hopefully it will turn into, maybe hopefully it will turn into a revenue stream and it will help me with time to be able to move away from my desk job. Mm-hmm. Um, to be to have more of a, da- a dynamic, yeah. Um, cr- a dynamic job that lets me, you know, pay my rent and feed my cat. Also, if Jackalope decides to change the programming up a little bit, you know, in the future, they'll do a musical, and I'll be like, well, you know, we got somebody in house yeah. that could choreograph. Yeah, uh, yeah. If someone has, let's do this extended waltz. Right. That's uh, that's probably and, uh, more more apt. <laughs> Like well, we so hyper surrealistic exactly. thing in a show, and they're like, "Oh, well, Angela can just yeah, choreograph sure. this thing. We'll bring her in." Okay, and I'd be like, "Great!" I'm planting the seeds right now. Hope Gus Maneri is listening. Oh god, he's like, "That's a dumb idea." And then three years, we three can years look down back. the road, here I am. Here you are um, getting the Jeff Award for the best choreography in a surrealist oh my play. Gosh. Very niche group. Very niche. <laughs> uh, um, we've been here. We've been here for an hour and three minutes. Can you believe that? Yeah. You, <laughs> oh my god! You're like this has been the worst experience no, in my life. I just feel like I, I am just. I feel like I've really explained a lot that didn't have to be so explained. That's all right, Clarissa. You don't have to explain it all. Uh, uh, what else do we? I'm sure we have more ground to cover. We do. We okay. We let me go ahead and see here. We cover that. We cover that. Uh, how you got to Chicago? Now we got that. Oh yes, uh, the mentor program. I wanted to talk about that. Yeah, because that's super interesting. Okay. You're bringing it. You got your notebook. I do because I wanted to make sure I didn't 
screw any of this up for oh, this please. hot plug. I think this is um, a, a, a tremendous thing to uh, to have in Chicago. Please. Yes. Yeah, so I was um, very lucky. I was in. I was invited to be part of the pilot program for what is called the Professional Mentorship Program for Women in the Arts. Yeah. And it is um, produced, uh, sponsored, it run by the Statera Foundation. Whoa. And the Statera Foundation is all about um, creating space and resources for women in leadership mm-hmm. in the arts. Mm-hmm. So here in Chicago, Erica Holland and Manita Gandhi got together and created an, a, a program for women in the arts, uh, full stop, not just actors. It could be actors, directors, designers, I'm sure theater administrators, mm-hmm. whatever it is, a space for women to come together and be able to serve as mentor and mentee to each other in this industry. Mm-hmm. Because it, there very much seems to be, no matter what, this idea of like disconnect and that we're all just kind of fig- trying to figure it out together. And it would be wonderful in the world for everyone to have a mentor, but it just doesn't like... yeah happen my grandfather he was just like uh you know what you need you need a mentor and i was like it's not really that easy i can't just go up to somebody and be like yeah will you mentor me but this is great this is exactly that's that. explicitly <laughs> that this <laughs> is what my grandfather is talking about yeah although i'm not allowed so i can't oh, i gotta shoot. do my own thing uh, yeah please, but please yeah uh yeah it is uh they're they're starting round two i was in the first part of it and i was a mentee so my mentor was the wonderful colleen fee who is an incredible equity um, female actor here in the city. And so we were able to speak a lot about our different journeys and um, just, I, it was so important to have, so, just have someone there yeah. in my life. And we met, I think, uh, like we decided for ourselves, we met about biweekly and she, uh, as one of her like, you know, rent making jobs. She teaches workout classes. So I was able to like go to all of her workout classes. And that's certainly something that I needed to help with because I don't prioritize, um, working out and exercise in my life. So through the mentorship alone, she was able to like provide that for me oh, on top. Awesome. Do you yeah. still go? Um, I am hoping to go to, she's getting married soon. Schedules oh, are a little Okay. Less. I gotcha. Yeah. But um, but I'm looking forward to that continuing and mm-hmm. to continue that relationship. But so it was this like semi-structured thing. You were given your, you fill out your form, you're given a mentor or mentee, depending on what you want to do. And then you're just kind of given a timeline. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in between that, it, it's totally up to you guys to figure out what you want. And it was really, really helpful for yeah. me. I imagine it is really helpful because you can have that person to sit down with and be like, this thing is happening in my career. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing wrong. And the person's like, no, you're probably okay. It's just like that's the ebb and flow of the way this thing is. Yeah, absolutely. Someone else who's a little further down the road or a lot further down the road um, than you who's able to be an ear and um, understanding to where you are and provide some guidance or just a listening ear Yeah. for uh, what you're going through. So I will say, let me... Um, uh, promote this a little bit. So round two is happening this fall. If you want, if anyone is interested in this um, mentorship program, which I highly, highly encourage. Uh, if anyone, it's still just for for uh, women. It's for women, but all but inclusive women. So trans. Um, oh, I gotcha. Uh, non-binary right. people who identify who uh, lean towards female. All of that. Right. W- women uh, inclusively. Great. Uh, if you're interested, you should email mentorship 
at staterafoundation.org. And that's statera as S-T-A-T-E-R-A. And it's mentorship at staterafoundation.org. That email, if you're interested in that, you would be connected with Erica or um, Manita, and they could tell you more about our, the upcoming round. And I believe uh, what you would be doing, you'd be emailing them. They would be like, great, here's a survey. You you fill out that survey, email it back, and that's basically your application. And surveys, applications, are due by October 15th. Okay. So you've got a few weeks here if you're interested. Email them about more information about the program. You can also Google Statera Foundation um, Mentorship Program and learn all about it and how it's we're going strong into the second round yeah. of mentorship. And this episode will be out uh, in the middle part of next. Well, it's now when they're listening to this. It's the middle part of uh, shit timelines. They'll have less than two weeks to, to you know. Got it. To do well, that whole thing. Well, if it's possible. Right. Yeah. If possible. Even, you know, who knows. If you're still interested, you should absolutely email them to be involved with the next round. Great. Um, yeah, it's wonderful. It certainly, certainly helped me quite a bit Mm -hmm. just being involved and knowing that someone was there Yeah, just for me. (laughs) (laughs) And then you have a show that you want to plug real quick. Is that correct? Yeah. So, uh, I am in a show called Bob, a life in five acts, and that is with the comrades. It's being co-directed by Derek Bertelson and your own Will Quam. Oh, you mean episode one, Will Quam? Oh, I do mean episode one, Will Quam. You mean Brick of Chicago and Will Quam? Uh, yeah. I mean, audio describer, Will Quam, who I also work with, uh, Jackalope. Uh, We could go on and on. On and on and on and on. So, uh, yes. So, Will and Derek are co-directing this show, and I am playing about like five or six different characters, which is going to be so very, very fun. Mm -hmm. It's all takes Bob, a life in five acts. Again, pretty literal. It's about this character named Bob and it takes place. The show is his entire life from birth until near death in five separate acts. And he, there is an actor who plays just Bob and all of the rest of us, um, there are four other actors who then just <laughs> fill in the rest. We are just all these long series of characters throughout his entire lifetime. So it's going to be kooky, crazy fun. And um, that is opening at the end of October. It will be in the Apollo studio. Mm, great. Um, yes. I, then, I believe on Will, Will Quam said spooky, spooky Halloween. Spooky, spooky Halloween. Yeah. yeah. Again, I, I think it's the 29th, but then Will said maybe the 31st. It's the 31st, I believe. You guys have changed it. Because I made that mistake in the last episode. Oh. And then I sound like a doofus. I had to edit it out. Well, okay. Uh, it happens a lot. <laughs> don't worry. Um. Yeah, so it's going to be running at the end of October there into to November 21st. Right, and, at the um, Apollo Studio. At the Apollo Studio there on Lincoln. Come yeah. check us out. So that's happening. Uh, Jackalope is also opening. We are opening our first show of season 10. That's going to be 1980 or why I'm voting for John Anderson. Okay. It's going to be awesome. Who's uh, directing that? That is directed by Kaiser Ahmed. <gasps> hey. Hey. That's going to be awesome. It is. And so that is actually running October 17th through December 2nd. They're at the Broadway Armory at Jackalope's home there in Edgewater. Great space. I yeah. love that space so yes. much. I'm so proud of you. You had everything written down and <laughs> you did not stumble over your words. This was great well, for me. Well, well. I don't have to edit shit out. Miracle. <laughs> Uh, anything else you want to plug or say to the audience? Any sort of wise words of wisdom? 
I have one more shameless plug that doesn't have much do to it. do with anything. Okay. Is this about ballroom dancing? <laughs> this is not about ballroom dancing. I've already plugged Ballroom Dance Chicago, which you should check out for group classes on Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursdays. This is different. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, this actually has to do with, once again, uh, one of my closest friends, I mentioned her earlier, Sophie, uh, Sophie Schrand. She has created a um, science comedy show for girls called Science with Sophie. Okay. And her first season is dropping on YouTube on October 3rd. So by this time, it will already be in the atmosphere. Um, (laughs) Using those scientific words. Yes. Good job. Um, And you should absolutely check it out. She has, speaking of like, you know, creating things for yourself and um, becoming your own success story, she is the creator and host of this show. Yeah. And it is geared towards girls, but Mm -hmm. it's for anyone. And she's basically being billed as the, um, like Bill Nye, the female Bill Nye of science. And this is your friend. This is one of my closest friends in the world. I was in her wedding this summer. And you're, you're Um, friends with the, with the, with the, the newest iteration, newest iteration of Bill Nye, the science guy. And her name is Sophie Schrand. So science with Sophie, a science comedy show for girls is, um, going up and season one is about to be on the internet on YouTube. So you should absolutely check that out if you have women in your life which most of us do i would say um yes pretty pretty high uh percentage absolutely um so i just wanted to be a bestie on that and that's good for you (laughs) nice i'm so happy about that a platform for her there so check it out if you're interested in women science and equity in science awesome and finally, any yes. words of wisdom you want to pass along? <laughs> any other plugs you want to uh, do? Any Jesus. Other plugs? No. <laughs> no. Um, just uh, keep, just keep trying. <laughs> just keep trying. When you feel like you've hit a wall and you don't know where you're going, um, just keep, keep waking up and moving forward because something has to give at some point and you'll move forward into the next thing. I know that's not very articulate, but that's okay. <laughs> Truer words were never spoken. Ah, yeah. Okay. Great. Yeah. Well, this has been awesome. Thank you so yes, much. Thank you. All right, guys, that is my conversation with Angela Horn. You can find her in uh, Bob, a life in five acts with the comrades on October 31st through November 21st at the Apollo Studio that's co-directed by Will Quam and Derek Bertelson. In addition to that, there is also the season 10 opener with Jackalope. That's called 1980, or Why I'm Voting for John Anderson, directed by Kaiser Ahmed. And also check out Science with Sophie. Uh, That dropped a couple days ago. So um, yeah, go on to YouTube and see what that's all about. That sounds pretty good. Our music is provided by Alex Katsaropoulos. Our logo is designed by Allison Underwood. And then tech support is provided by Jennifer Keel. Uh, you can find out more about those lovely, wonderful people and everything that they're doing with their artistic lives uh, on intheloopod.com. Uh, this week comes from a personal little, little ditty, little story. Uh, I called my agent a couple days ago. I was panicking about my career uh, like we do from time to time, and I was saying, well, is there something I'm doing wrong because I haven't gone out on a lot of auditions lately? And she was like, no, there's nothing that you're doing wrong. Is this just a down period? This happens. And I know that this happens, um, but I don't know, you know, my heart doesn't know, my soul doesn't know. I still get panicked from time to time. And she said, just keep the faith. It's going to pick up eventually. Just keep the faith. And I have kept the faith since I talked to her. 
Uh, I've been trying to invest in my life in uh, the things that I like to do creatively outside of, of theater. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to go ahead and say to you guys, just keep the faith. That's all. Uh, yeah. Have a good one.